Hello and welcome to the second of our podcasts on the subject of sustainable data access. I'm Jo Kingston and I'm here today with ODI researchers Sonia Duarte, Joe Massey and Ben Snaith to find out what we've learned since our last update and what we're doing as a result. Last time we explained more about the concept of data institutions and other data access initiatives and we looked at the challenges and opportunities that the organisations face when creating and managing them. But since then, we've carried out more research, particularly around financial issues facing them. And we consulted with a number of companies to help identify the issues. And as a result, we've developed some tools to help deal with them. Later, we'll also be joined by Graham Fays from DMVGL. They're exploring how increasing trust and collaboration through data can help the UK achieve net zero emissions by 2050. They've been testing our prototype decision-making workshop tool. And Graham will be giving us some feedback and discussing with the team how they can help define potential business models around data sharing within the energy sector. So, starting with Joe Massey. Joe, can you summarise the aims of the project and just explain how things have progressed since we last spoke in the summer? Thanks, Joe. The Sustainable Data Access Project is part of the ODI's R&D programme, which is funded by Innovate UK. The project aims to support data institutions and other data access initiatives in becoming sustainable. At the ODI, we define data institutions as organisations whose purpose involves stewarding data on behalf of others, often towards public, educational or charitable aims. The project has been divided into three stages, the output of which were two reports and a tool, which we're currently developing. The two reports investigated the different factors affecting the sustainability of data institutions, from their revenue models to cost management strategies. The tool development phase is an amalgamation of this knowledge into a tool which will help data institutions to achieve a sustainability by helping them to make better decisions about their business models. The tool development phase followed a design thinking process with three key phases, discovery, alpha and beta. Design thinking is a non-linear, iterative process that teams use to understand users, challenge assumptions, redefine problems and create innovative solutions to prototype and test. The discovery phase kicked off in September where we spent time consolidating our previous research, finding and filling the gaps we had and setting out our assumptions, essentially planning and preparing for the alpha stage, which began in November. We finalised the key issues we wanted to tackle, started to develop the prototypes which would address those needs and tested those prototypes with potential future users. Finally, the beta phase is set to begin in February when we will finalise the tool, including conducting further testing before the final release at the end of March. Um, the team that we've had working on this is made up of the three researchers on this call, myself, Joe, Sonia and Ben, alongside our project lead, Diana, and delivery manager, Charlotte. Okay, thanks, Joe. That's really interesting. So, Sonia, could you explain how the team decided on which prototypes to develop based on the research? Sure. So, uh, as Joe mentioned, in the research phase of our project, we have written two reports. The last one has helped us understand the research topics, such as what key costs data institutes need to cover at different stages of their life cycle, what strategies can be used to manage them, and what makes public and philanthropic funders interested in funding data institutes. But we wanted to dig more into the problems and needs, and we did that through the discovery phase, specifically looking at things like what are the main decision points data institutes struggle with when identify revenue generation or cost management approaches, 
but also what parts of the sustainability journey is the most difficult and how are they currently overcoming the challenges they face. So for example, what tools already exist to, to help them, like the business model canvas, for example. And also who is involved in decisions around revenue models and what type of uh, processes uh, they take in place to, to review those. So the way we approached the discovery phase was by releasing a survey covering those questions that I mentioned. And we received two responses that helped us draft some personas, defining their needs and barriers, outline data institution journey as well, the journey of developing their business model with a particular focus on the identification and selection of revenue streams. The journeys that we developed were two. One for earlier stage data institutes starting to think about their revenue model and another one for more mature data institutes revisiting their business model. So then, based on all the previous research, including the additional survey, the user journey mapping and personas development that I mentioned, we went through an ideation session uh, thinking how might we help with specific user needs. We came up with a specific ideas through an, an activity called Crazy8, which is a fast uh, sketching exercise that challenges people to sketch eight distinct ideas in eight minutes. It was really fun for the team. Uh, and the output of the process was the development of three early stage prototypes, which I'm sure Ben could provide more detail around them. As we were saying, we wanted to develop tools that were going to be, be useful and we wanted them to be useful for a workshop that we had coming up with participants in our stimulus fund. This stimulus fund was where we put out an open call for organisations who were working on issues to do with data, who needed some extra support, financial and otherwise. The, the Stimulus Fund participants have been involved in our organisation for the last few months, receiving a number of workshops and talking through their organisations and their new projects and the things that they're trying to do. So we, we were having this workshop with the, the Stimulus Fund participants around our projects about sustainability of data institutions and to test these three prototypes. We settled on three that were more suitable for us to deliver in the, the time and ones where we could develop a prototype quite quickly. So we, we settled on a decision tree, which would map out the process of a data institution and the different decisions it would have to make and the different kind of challenges it might face at those, those uh, decision points. Uh, we also developed a financial health checklist where people could fill out a number of questions and it would assess how sustainable and how resilient the, the financial model of an organisation was. And we also developed the decision-making canvas, which is the idea that we've ultimately settled on to, to pursue further and to, to create a prototype to a higher fidelity. Thanks, Ben. So the canvas was actually picked up by DMVGL to be tested on one of its projects. So we've got Graham Fay's Principal Consultant and Digital Innovation Lead from DMV joining us today. Graham is going to reveal what the results were to Joe Massey, 
So Joe, do you want to lead into this? Yes, great. Thanks, Joe, And welcome, Graham. It's great to have you on the podcast. I'd like to take a moment to just say thank you for coming on, as well as helping us with all the testing that we've been doing over the last couple of months. So Graham was part of the first group to test our prototype at our Stimulus Fund workshop, and then he later reached out to be further involved with the testing of our products and tools. We've really appreciated all of Graham's support and feedback. It's been super helpful, the development of the tool. So to kick off, it would be great to hear a little bit more about DN. VGL and why you were interested in testing the prototype with us. Yeah, thanks very much, Joe, and thanks for inviting me along. Well, I think as you've if you stated, we first became aware of the decision-making canvas during a stimulus fund workshop, working with the ODI and our stimulus fund co cohort back in early November. We were particularly interested in it because we were always looking to evaluate how we improve our services and enhance the efficiency of our delivery models and also the value that we can bring to our customers. Now, we're a risk management and quality assurance company with a particular focus on the energy transition. And we work with you know, huge volumes of, of data, both ourselves internally, but also very much with our customers. And with the recent announcement regarding the UK Prime Minister's 10-point plan for the Green Industrial Revolution, and the acceleration of the UK's path to net zero. And given our role as an independent technical advisor working at the intersection of energy and data, we really felt that it was timely to start reviewing some of the delivery processes associated with some of our more established data-related service lines. Now, we've long been devotees of processes and techniques such as the business model canvas, for example, but we felt that a structured approach by way of kind of like a pre-business model canvas workshop was needed before we started diving into the business model. So for us, the decision-making canvas really kind of piqued our interest that it seemed to fit both our requirements and also our aspirations quite nicely. Brilliant. And, and could you tell us a little bit more about the scenario that you tested the canvas on? Sure, of course, yeah. Well, we used the decision-making canvas on a recent transformation activity. Obviously, I use that word uh, in the loosest sense, but, but for us, transformation in our world is taking a, a mature or, or more established service and really trying to change that from the bottom up, looking at delivery models, revenue models, uh, and of course, ultimately, the value that, that we bring to, to our customers and how we can increase that and improve that. So the specific use case we discussed was based on a series of deliverables for services that we deliver to organizations very much involved in the construction of uh, offshore wind infrastructure. Uh, most organisations, we're trying to bring data and, and digital very much to the core of our delivery mediums and our delivery processes. So for us, we wanted to understand what exactly those next steps needed to be and really ultimately how we could change our business delivery to make a, a much more positive impact for our customers. But what was really also important for us was to, to, to try to do this whilst driving increased productivity for, for our people, our own people, our own staff. So we ultimately wanted to connect the work that we do and the data and the tools that we work with as an organisation more closely, more directly to our end customer. So that delivery of the data and data services that we provide becomes much more seamless. So to do that, we instigated a programme of change and we really felt that the decision-making canvas could, could help us structure those initial kind of change-related dialogues um, accordingly. Excellent. We were really glad to hear that you, we had such a perfect use case and, and, and an organisation that was really interested in testing our tools so early on in the process. It would be great to hear a little bit more about your experience uh, testing the canvas. What did you think worked? What maybe didn't work so well for you? And, and just your overall thoughts. 
I think in summary, the discussions that we had using the canvas were, were, were really rewarding and uh, really kind of fruitful with respect to, to, to the way they helped to structure those discussions. You know, we've long been keen and, uh, and I guess enthusiastic devotees of things like the innovators method or related or derivative activities. Um, so in DMVGL, we saw the, the decision-making canvas very much kind of fitting into those kind of innovation and processes and those change-related discussions that we typically conducted, conduct inside of our organisation today, where we're driving that change that, that I've referred to. So for example, the insight stage of the innovators method, we typically examine our current process flow, we look at key learnings from, from previous project activities, and then we try to capture ideas on the way forward, particularly where that way forward has a change-related angle. Um, and then we also move to, to then discussions around you know, the problem, the actual problem to be solved, where we typically workshop our theories on the way forward and validate it with customers. So for us, the decision-making canvas helped us bridge what I foresaw as a gap between kind of gaining insight or you know, undertaking those reflection activities and then validating the problem. What we particularly liked in uh, in the canvas was using, you know, kind of where are we now and kind of looking forward canvases to really stimulate structured, you know, discussion using key headlines that the ODI had defined within those canvases to really kind of uh, allow us to, to kind of I guess frame our own conversation using the context of customer requirements and our own organisation, but really actually ultimately allowing us the opportunity to reflect on how we're delivering today in a much more structured structured way. And what we really liked about those canvases was that they stay at a relatively high level. So they help us as a team structure the dialogue to the point where we avoid diving into deep technical solutions or prototyping, and certainly before even diving into a business model canvas. So it keeps us high level, but yet in a very structured way. So in summary, I'd say really useful and helps us kind of bridge the gaps in, in processes that we already undertake today. Great. and and. Your feedback has been so useful for us in terms of developing the canvas further and, and thinking a little bit about where we might position our canvas in the wider innovators processes, as you mentioned. And so I guess my last question for you is a really broad one. How did you think ultimately that the canvas helped the team to achieve the aims of, of the workshop and, and how did it help you to kind of, you know, meet your goal of thinking about how you might change your delivery process? No, that's a really good question, Joe. And I think the first reflection is, is around perhaps the way that we, we, we conducted our own workshop, which I think gave us a lot of key learnings. I think initially we did struggle to work through both of the canvases in, in one whole session. So I, I guess an, an initial learning or reflection from us is that, that in the future we definitely kind of split those, those sessions up, those where are you now sessions and those looking forward discussions. But to be fair, this is in all probability because we just spent so much time reflecting on where we were now, looking at existing processes and also the existing value that, that we feel, we perceive that we bring to, to our customers. So, so in a way, that's, that's a reflection that's also very positive because, because actually I think without the structure that the canvas afforded us, we probably wouldn't have spent as much time reflecting as much as we did. So I think that was a really kind of positive outcome. Plus, of course, just the medium. I think it is generally quite hard to spend hours and hours workshopping in a virtual world over Zoom or, or over Teams. So I think having done this first past upon reflection in the future, we would intentionally split the, the different discussions up a little bit further. But I mean, ultimately, in summary, the decision-making canvas brought us a number of benefits. You know, not least it gave us a framework in which to structure the discussions, as I've stated, but also just 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 expose different discussion criteria, different 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 points of reflections to our own team. 
to, to colleagues and uh, and guys very much involved in the coalface of working with data and our customers to just different ways of working. So I think additional processes, different fr different frameworks, they're always good to work with. And I think as a team, having a, a, a fresh canvas, a fresh prototype and a fresh medium to work with was actually the real su success from, from, from our perspective. And I think it, there was a lot of strong buy-in from our team. And we're really looking forward to building upon those sessions. Uh, and of course, for using the canvas in future discussions um, as we head into the next month and into the future. Thank you very much, Graham. That's been really brilliant. And we've really, really appreciated you giving feedback and, and testing our canvas right from the very first kind of iteration during the stimulus fund workshop all the way through to this kind of later stage. And hopefully you'll be able to be involved further down the line as well. Yeah, Graham, thank you so much. It's been really interesting listening to your feedback and thank you again for coming on the podcast. So, Ben, taking into consideration the feedback that we've heard today and also some of the feedback that we've had earlier in the process from the stimulus fund companies, how has this informed the development of your thinking and what was your process to take the feedback and use it to iterate your project? It's been good to be able to, to test the, the prototypes and for us to be able to see how people interact with them away from the, the kind of testing that we've been doing internally. So we've taken all the feedback that we got from showing the three prototypes to the stimulus fund. We came back, made a decision that we needed to focus on, on just one of them. So that ended up being the, the decision-making canvas, and that's why Graham tested a further version. This was just due to the ODI working out where the needs were, where the ODI was kind of best positioned to be able to help. So this led to the canvas. At the ODI, we tend to, when we're developing in products and things that we think can help organisations, we tend to do a mixture of developing tools and developing workshops. So we thought that the, because we'd already run workshops of sorts for the, the stimulus fund participants, where we were talking about uh, wider sustainability issues and introducing the prototypes, that developing a workshop on alongside this new decision-making canvas was a valuable exercise. We've really shifted to, to focus on both the, the canvas and the accompanying workshop to make sure that the, the canvas is, is useful to organisations when they're actually trying to do something in practice. Another part as well as just being kind of useful and being able to offer this canvas once it's, it's finished to people, and another part of it is we need to make sure that we know where it fits into an organisation's existing processes. So this need to fit into organisation structures helped us to, and their existing decision-making processes helped us to kind of stretch out the, the canvas in order to reflect more on their existing models. So there's now kind of six stages that they're going to go through in all likelihood, which will involve understanding the organisation structure, reflecting on their existing revenue model, thinking about new revenue models and evaluating them before making a decision. We see this as fitting a little bit better into the, the general processes that an organisation may follow and the different points that they may reflect on their, their revenue model. So we've shifted to this approach with the, the canvas in the workshop and splitting it up to fit a little bit better. 
in order to deliver the most impact. And we think that this approach and the, an approach where an organisation can answer different questions at different points within a workshop setting or within a series of workshops will help deliver that, that most value and enable the most time and uh, space spent for an organisation to reflect on their processes and revenue model. Okay, thanks very much, Ben. So it sounds like the entire feedback process has been invaluable to the team. So thank you to everyone involved. Um, now, Sonia, I believe there's another workshop coming up towards the end of this month. Would you like to tell us about that and how people can get involved? So we will be conducting another workshop at the end of January. So on the in the afternoon on the 27th uh, to keep testing the next version of the prototype. We are looking for some participants, so we welcome any organization that wants to get involved, um, especially those organizations in early stages who are designing or scoping data institutes, or those that are, that are more, more established organizations uh, that needs to, to review their revenue model to make sure they are more sustainable. We're equally willing to keep talking to those that would like to learn more about our work in sustainable business model. So yeah, get in touch if if you want to, to talk to us. Okay, thanks Sonia. And thanks to everyone at the ODI team and also to Graham Faze for joining us and for sharing his feedback. If you'd like to be involved in the workshop that Sonia's just mentioned, please get in touch with us by visiting our website, theodi.org, or by getting in touch with one of the team. We'll be presenting the findings from this January workshop and the final version of the product in another podcast later this year. And if you missed our first podcast, it's still available to listen to via the ODI website. Thank you for listening to this ODI podcast. See you next time.